You're listening to the Fueled by the Outdoors podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe, tell us what you think in the comment section, and leave us a review. I just hammered a good one. Drop the Asher. Never seen that deer before. It's a tough pill to swallow after having that deer at 18 yards. Ready, set, go. One. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. We're your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. What's up, guys? And tonight we are joined by our third wheel, Josh Luck. Hey, everyone. And our newest team member, John Robertson. How's it going, John? Hey, how are you guys? Great, great. So um, we were just talking, and we don't think that anybody uh, has met John yet. Uh, he's not been on the podcast, so typically when we have a new person on the podcast, we have them give a little bit of a bio about themselves background and hunting and fishing uh and just kind of how they uh came up in the outdoors and how they're currently involved with it so i'll let you take it away uh right now with that okay um yeah yeah how's it going guys my name's john robertson <laughs> i uh extreme outdoorsman um and uh filled in the gaps with fishing and uh just about anything else today find myself doing um definitely not just sitting around on the couch um but yeah how i got started i guess hunting um i grew up up here in michigan and uh how i got going uh, let's see my grandfather always at deer camp uh and up up north like northern woods um I guess uh, it was just the traditional Michigan deer camp is what we grew up doing. Um, we all just went to their blinds, you know, same old, same old story. Um, was that up in the UP? Or, no, it's actually it's the lower, lower Michigan, but the upper, lower. He said sense. up north. Yeah. He didn't say the UP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah up north um this part right here yeah use that exactly hand. yeah thank yeah. you rick <laughs> I, I totally do that if i could right now <laughs> um <clears throat> i don't know I got, what other questions you got what, what else you were you were telling me um when we were up there not too long ago that you're your hunting camps were a little different, right? You were telling me it was you, your grandfather, and then the uh, the females in your in your family. Is that right? Yeah, it was a little bit different. We had uh, my grandparents had five girls, and he raised them all to hunt. And my deer camp up there was all women, all women. So wow. it was pretty cool. We uh. We always ate good. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a little bit different. But it was fun. Um, so how did how did things progress for you? How did things progress for you over time? Like as you got a little bit older? Um let's see, I shot my first year, first buck at twelve years old with my bow and that pretty much set the fuse right there. You know, it, 
we picked up the bow before the rifle after that, you know, and, um, yeah, after that, it just progressed, you know, watching deer hunting shows and, um, it just evolved really. It's like how boating has evolved right now, outfit hunting industry and, uh, it's just trial and error. You know, learning everything that I possibly could, um, you know, windage and uh, deer locations, where these deer are going to be bedded at, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All that, all that so good stuff. tell us about a couple of your bigger deer that you've killed. Just about, you know, um, brief synopsis, nothing crazy. You don't have to go into like the day before the day of the day after just tell us a little oh bit. yeah chris wants latitude and longitude. Um, <laughs> okay tell me where he knows i'm pretty pretty close <laughs> um so i've shot you know down there in ohio uh, public land i've shot 154 uh i've shot 189 five wow. eights and last year shot I believe it was about 135. Nice. Uh, yeah. Like those, those are, are those are all public, right? Yep. Yep. Those are all public. Public land and where it is not easy to kill good deer, let alone those deer. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. It's a, when I first it's met a tough him, piece of yeah, property. When I first met him out there, we were talking about ticks. And he pulled his pants legs up and he's just got sleeves of tick bites oh, up his legs. And I'm like, Holy the chiggers. Shit. That was the chiggers. Those little seed ticks. Yeah, seed ticks, chiggers. Like little yeah. tiny dot I mean, size. They're rough. Yeah. And you can't God awful, man. You can't shave Those them. Those are the worst. Yep. You're right. They're terrible. Yep. I've heard people talking of you know, you're rolling duct tape over your ankles, you know, and to peel them off. But even that still doesn't work. You, yeah. you, you can do that if they're not dug in. Once they're dug in, you will not take them off unless you pick them off with tweezers or use lice shampoo. And the lice shampoo yeah. works on about roughly half of them. I'm sure if you keep applying it, it'll get them all. But we're talking about like hours of scrubbing on these things with this oil shampoo, whatever it is. I think it had like mineral spirits or something. But when I had mine, I tried to shave them off. I tried to um, take a bleach bath. That didn't work. And I'm talking like zero of these damn things are coming off. Yeah. Hundreds. So, uh, and paint thinner and rubbing alcohol did not work. So my wife picked them out of me and uh, I used lice shampoo. That was a terrible experience. And I tried people about it and they laugh. I was talking to a dude the other day about it and he's like, yeah, hunt there in November. And I'm like, well, can I just like give you a little bit of advice? Here's my experience. I want to tell you about this. And he's like, well, you know, I'll, I'll be fine. And I'm like, okay, man. <laughs> I bought a big <laughs> bottle. Of, I bought a big bottle of permethrin today. Like just 
like been looking for it and you could, I couldn't find it pre Turkey season, but I found it right. at a sportsman's warehouse today. So I'm going to spray down all my clothes. Um, what, uh, did you do like the oh, yeah. Sawyers? Sawyers. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, That's I had a bottle of the concentrated stuff. Oh, geez. Oh, and I'm going to, I'm not going to spray it directly. <laughs> I'm going to mix it. Probably I forget what the ratio is, but it's pretty crazy. Like you barely put any permethrin in at all. Yeah. But you don't need a whole lot. I mean, might make it a little stronger, but I've noticed, I'll be honest, I try to tell this dude too. I was like, man, I've soaked my clothing in that stuff. And I still look at the seed like it does not kill them. It does not repel them. Maybe they die at some point, but I'm here to tell you that those little bastards stay on my legs the entire time I'm scouting. Tuck your pants into your socks. No. I mean... (laughs) I've tried everything, man. Yeah, you have. And they do. Once they do dig in, I mean, they are with you yeah. for. Uh, last time I had them, I swear I had them for a, a month. Was well, just itching like crazy. Uh, oh yeah, it's three to five weeks, and the the little bumps. Yep. Each bump will just keep scabbing oh, over man. and itch like hell. You know exactly what I'm saying. Um, you have to just, duct tape. Yeah. I don't. I don't wish that upon anybody. Yeah, you have to duct tape your waistline and your pants cuffs out there. Like, and people, again, they're like, oh, okay. Enjoy your time out there, dude. <laughs> okay. Right. You'll I know it. Back to talk to me. I guarantee it. You'll be like, how do I get yep. along? <laughs> so, anyways, so yep. John, glad to uh, have you on our team. Um, we had an amazing uh experience together up on lake st Clair, but before we get into that i we want finally to get to talk about stuff i want to talk about uh, yeah <laughs> now you won't be bitching at me about archery and all this stuff so we can talk, talk about fishing so we get to talk about fishing we, we, we rick, don't get to do this that much rick took a trip to his uh in-laws house rick is very wealthy if, if any of you didn't know um, he's Far extremely wealthy. He has his own place in Cabo. Um, <laughs> he doesn't really. Um, he is super wealthy. He has more money than anybody I know. No. <laughs> He'll spit your drink out. But yeah. uh, Rick, Rick did go to Cabo. Um, I believe you took your parents, right? Yeah. So this was our family vacation for the year. And uh, mom and dad went. Kids went. Wife went. And then my in-laws uh split time between there and Dallas. Um, typically <clears throat> they're not down there a whole lot this month. Um, it's, this is starting to get into like the hot season, but um, the best part about the hot season is, is that people don't go down there, but that's when the fishing is the best down there. Really? Um, yeah. So the, the summer months um, for inshore fishing, I should say that um, offshore, for your bigger species, like your, uh, I mean, Marlin is, is, you know, like it's Marlin capital of the world. The biggest Marlin tournament in the world goes out of there. Oh. Rich smart. Yeah. So like last year, Dang. I want to say first place was like $4 million. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, Holy it's, cow. yeah, it's, it's serious change. Wait, I mean, like how much does it cost to enter that tournament? A lot. Like, or something no no it, it, like there's that many boats going out i want to say though it's probably um three or four grand to enter it but then but then you have to find a guide 
or you have to have a boat, which is another fee on top of it. But you're putting like five and six guys on a boat, and if it's like you're looking at splitting four million dollars, and I mean last year was was much more than what it normally is. It's usually a million to two million, which is still an awesome chunk of change. But I mean last year was exceptional, and I think it took like a nine hundred pound marlin to win. Why don't so, you invite us on this trip? Well, win money. Well, I mean, I've never been to that one. I well, I take that back. Two. <laughs> Well, when, when I go down there, 2017, I was down there when they were having the tournament and some guy was leading from the first day. And then the last day he was, he was, he had like a 565 pound black Marlin. And then the last day, some guy, uh, landed an 800 pound Marlin and won like a million dollars. Yeah. So you win big fish and then you win first place overall, which gives you the, which gives the biggest prize of all, which is like $2 million normally. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it, it's stupid. And here we are chasing little smallmouth. <laughs> <laughs> We're stupid. It's called, it's called the Bisbee's black and blue. So if, if you get a chance to look it up, but the summer months down there are when like all the inshore species are firing off. So like you have the tail end of the Sierra run, you have the roosters start coming in um, into the uh, Sea of Cortez and around the like into the Pacific. Snappers are in. Jacks start coming in, like the the big jacks. Not like there's little like tiny species in there, uh, you know, throughout the year. But like the bigger fish really start moving in at that time. So I like to try to go down um, late May, June, July, and like they say, it's it's hot. But, like, it's been 95 here all week and miserable and humid. It was 85, no humidity, and, like, like a wind of, like, 10 miles an hour down there. So, like, in a word, it's, like, it's absolutely perfect. Like, it's, it's wow. the best weather you could possibly have. Yeah. So, we flew out on Friday, um, got down there a day earlier than what we were, uh, we were going to do <clears throat> because it was cheaper flight-wise. So, we fly down there. Um, we get everything set up, and then Saturday we get checked into the hotel and everything. Uh, it was uh, we say like the hotel is is kind of weird. It's like a, I guess you'd call it a resort. Um, there's like five like buildings with like condo style like living, but then up on this hill there's these houses. So we stayed in one of the houses because um, they couldn't fill them. So that's the one good thing about COVID and airline prices is that when they're you know, you book early, you get better deals. So we got a whole house to ourselves, which was completely freaking awesome. So, oh man. So we, we go down there and, um, the first day we go to, uh, the surf shop where the surf fishing shop and, uh, kind of go through, get the stuff, some of the stuff that we need. We get some, you know, leader, uh, buy some baits and, uh, we go out the next morning and, uh, to say the water was rough, it was like um, it was like a Lake Erie, um, like I don't know, like four and five foot swells, like just consistent out in the water, and like we're casting from shore, um, we're right there at daybreak, and you know we're throwing baits, and uh, you know it was one of those things like where we're looking at it, we're like, what do we what do we throw here? So. <clears throat> we start throwing what we normally throw. We're not getting bites or anything like that. But then we see these, uh, three other guys down the, uh, down the coast from us. So we kind of go and watch them and they pull in two a rooster, a Jack and two snappers. 
to him. So like, oh, I mean, yeah, all all within a half hour. And Do any of those guys eat those roosters? No, or is no. that strictly a game? That, fish? that that's strictly a game fish. Um, I I've seen and heard of guys eating them, but like. So, so the way that I kind of look at it is like everyone always told me jacks taste like shit. Um, I'm here to tell you they don't. It's they're not filleted right. They don't cut the bloodline out of them, and they don't bleed them. And and then you get like a nasty meat. I'm but calling then, jack shit on that one. Well, exactly. <laughs> so, so um, I've had it before, and it cooks up like a steak. Like looks exactly like a beef steak. Um, wow. It, it, it's it's amazing. Wow. Cooks up like almost like an ahi tuna, or uh, I guess. Yeah, like an ahi tuna. Like it's it's pretty it's pretty damn good. Does um, rooster taste like chicken? Don't I have no. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, he's he's warming up with these dad jokes. Oh man, the dad <laughs> jokes are coming he's in strong. <laughs> um, so like I, I don't know if anybody actually eats the roosters. I've seen a video on YouTube of some guy landed a fifty-five pound rooster on the beach that we were fishing at, and then he killed it. And took it up oh, to the hotel geez. to eat it. Yeah, like it was just like a bad look. Um, it, it's it's like eight or nine years old. If you can find it on there, it's uh. like the, it was just like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? So like most of the guys down uh. there, um, like the like the guys who just surf fish, uh, will keep snapper. They keep snapper, keep Sierra mackerel. That, that's pretty much all they'll keep. Needlefish and jacks and that kind of stuff they'll throw back. But the locals, they'll eat the jacks. So. We start looking at what these guys are throwing. They're using metal leaders like you would for a muskie and like big, like three ounce poppers and where they're just like moving a ton of water. So we figure this out. We're like, okay, we need to go back to the surf shop and buy poppers. So we go back, buy some poppers, but the next day we headed out on the boat. So we, we go and um, get to the Marina early and we, we get on the boat and it, it it's a little bit uh larger boat. <clears throat> I think it's like a let's see, it's like thirty-two feet. Mm. Which which it was nice. It was, you know, perfect for three people. You go out, they've got everything. They like you stop uh at the pangas before you go out of the marina, you buy your bait, and then you head out. And uh it it was um, you know, had we been in a smaller boat, it would have been a little bit uh it was a little bit of nerve wracking, I would say, trying to get out of the marina and that kind of stuff with how big the waves were starting to get. So we, um, we started trolling um, and well, we stopped outside the Marina and that's where dad caught that, uh, caught the skipjack tuna uh, on a, a butterfly jig, which is essentially just like a piece of metal with two, um, I guess like rope, like ropes tied to hooks on it, but it, it mimics a bait fish and the fish like come up and slam it and they hit one of the hooks and then you, then it's off to the races. So we catch a tuna and then we start, um, trolling what are called hoochies and it's it's literally like um imagine a tube bait with a lead head already in it and the hook is not attached to it you slide it onto the leader and then you tie the hook onto it and you're you're trolling these things and you're just basically jigging them across the top of the water and that's basically like a trailer hook it's it's almost like a trailer hook, um, but it's a it's not attached to anything other than the line. So like the hoochie moves like up and down the line a little bit, oh. and when you pull, it slams back against the uh, against the uh, hook. So when the fish hits it, like it's going up and it's hitting it. 
The problem with it is, is that like if you have an overly aggressive fish, they're going to keep hitting the hoochie before they get to the hook. So you have to like once you feel um, something coming by, you got to slam the hook home real quick. So we we're doing this. We probably do this for I don't know an hour and a half, and we catch a couple needlefish, and then the the captain's like, uh, if we go up past this point. Uh, we're going to see fish like, like we're going to see fish. We know they're there. So like, okay. So we get past the point, which it's called a, it's called lighthouse point or Cabo Falls. So I'm not making any like, you know, grand revelations here. Anybody who's ever been down there, these are the regular places that everybody goes and fishes at. They go past Cabo Falls. So to this other beach, I go down and use the bathroom and I come out and like, everybody's scrambling. And I look and like, I'm like, what's going on? My dad goes, a school of yellowtail came up next to the boat. So, like, the, the the first mate's got a rod, and he's trying to pitch Cabalito, which are, I don't know, imagine, imagine like, a gizzard shad, but it's, like, 11 inches long. So, like, a, a really big gizzard shad. And the wind is pushing so hard, we're now in, like, eight-foot swells. So, they're trying to pitch these baits to these things, and all you see out in the water, because the water is getting even with the boat at this point, all you see in the water are these massive black like silhouettes like just moving around and he's trying to pitch baits to them and like the wind is catching the bait and like pushing them behind um we had one about five feet away from the boat and like it was tailing the bait and when it saw the boat it just it darted down Mm -hmm. so like the captain's like we can't we can't keep doing this like we're, we're we need to go back so we get back around the corner we start trolling hoochies again and like it's getting close to like we went out at 6 30. Our our charter was done like 11 30, 12. It gets to be eleven o'clock. We get to back where we almost started at, and I miss a fish. Like flat out, just like I like it bit. I went set the hook, it was on and I lost it. So I kept in the guys like keep going, keep going. So I keep going, and then it absolutely just like slams it home. So that was uh, the picture of the first Sierra that I that I caught the the nice big one. We make a we make a route back through. My dad and my father in law are sitting there going through it. There they each miss, um, and then my dad says like, "Here, take the rod back." So I get back in the seat. I we go like ten feet. I you know pull the rod twice. Boom, had another one on, uh, and th- and it, it like became readily evident like there was a massive school of Sierra in this area. Cause like every time we made a pass through it, they were coming up and busting the bait. We just couldn't get hooks into it. We probably should have had six or seven fish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we ended up, um, with, uh, a tuna and two Sierra that first day, which <clears throat> made into fish tacos at night. And it was absolutely amazing. Like I'll, I'll share the recipe that I use for them, uh, like on, on the page or whatever, but it, it was, it was pretty solid. Was that, so that, that what you took a video of? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was nice because like, part of part of the fee and like it's dirt cheap to fish down there like i'm i'm not i'm not going to sugarcoat it like it is it is absolutely like dirt cheap if you're down there um it is not <laughs> it, it it is in no way we were discussing it on the way back it's like they, they there's no life jackets like they put you in a boat damn you like they just say hey here's here's a like a 5 600 dollar rod go crazy and um like they're they're not concerned about anything other than like putting you on a fish. 
because they know that that will get them a better tip. Um, and like the last day we were there, which we'll get into, like the guy just turns to me and goes, Hey, take the wheel. Like while we're driving out of here, I need to get this done. <laughs> and it's like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, just take the wheel. And like this, like there's 30 and 40 foot boats, like zooming by me while I'm driving out of the, <laughs> the marina in the morning. So I make, um, they, they take us to like the fish cleaning place. They package it up for us. They send it, send it home with us. Um, and, and it was, it was awesome. Like, like they gave us like, you could have, if you, here, here's kind of the messed up part about it. They weigh the fish before. So like, if you catch a 200 pound fish, you only get 30 pounds of that fish. Unless you take it to one of the restaurants, unless you take it to one of the restaurants and then you get all the fish, but you're going to pay out the ass in order to get that. Oh. So, yeah. So it's like, included- the fish sell it. Yeah, they sell it to the restaurants. That that's how they keep um, the charters cheap. Is there is there supplement? They're supplementing catch by they're like, hey, you get to keep thirty pounds of fish, which most guys aren't gonna like, aren't gonna take that back home with them. Like they're gonna say, oh, just give me whatever, and I'll take it over to the marina, and you can keep the rest. So they'll supplement it by selling it to these places down there, and like that's why they always have fresh tuna. That's why they always have fresh yellowtail and all this kind of stuff. And it's amazing. Like I'm not I'm not gonna like disagree with the business model for what works down there, but it's like. You're paying, you know, 200 bucks for a charter for six hours and they're taking, yeah, like it's dirt cheap and like they're Uh super nice. They gave us lunch every day. Like they had, they had four beers for us, the like for each guy on the boat. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Like, okay. 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 Hold on. (laughs) When you say out the ass, let's say you catch like, give me a scenario here. Uh, You know, a, a big fish that you catch that you want to keep. You catch your restaurant. You catch a fifty-pound Dorado. Okay. Okay. So, like, not even that. You catch a thirty-pound Dorado. You're going to take pay for at a restaurant to have them. I I mean, are are you saying that they're going to cook that all that night or process it for you or what? What do you? No, they're going to cook it all that night. They're going to they're going to prepare the entire fish. So then you're going to pay out the ass for that meal. So you're gonna pay an expensive meal, but it's gonna be a damn good meal. Like, so when I when I fish down there, three hundred bucks, worth it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, like at some level, it's 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 worth it. It's like, like twelve hundred dollars here for a charter in Florida, and it's probably that was when I did it back in what twenty fourteen. Oh yeah, it's gonna so, be way more than that now. Yeah, you're gonna be looking at more than double that now. So so like it, it's. Like dependent upon like you're gonna let me rephrase that you're gonna pay out the ass down there, like like that like I I should say that, um, but like realistically it's still like an amazing deal, so like if you're down there and like the locals are awesome like they're they're like some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life and like all they all they want to do is like like teach you how to fish down there and like they ask you like do you know what to do like how you know what we're going and doing like is there anywhere you want to go what do you want to fish. Like they give you like the place we went to gave us a sheet and it's like, check what you want to fish for today. And we're going to put you on it. And Damn, you know, nice. sure, sure as shit. Like, uh, I mean, we didn't get put on a rooster. Well, we don't know that we didn't get put on a rooster. Like I'll tell you about that trip here in a second, but like they, there's, they're super kind about everything. So we, we, we come back that night, the next morning we go back out to the, like the beach, uh, shore cast. Um, to use our poppers. So I get, um, we get down there. There's already three guys there. 
And we're trying to figure out, I was like, how the hell are these guys here before us every morning? It's crowded with three people. So, so <laughs> I'll tell you about crowded here in a second. So like, there's never, there's usually never anybody there. So we start talking to these guys and they're like, yeah, we work, <laughs> we work in this place right next door. We go to work at nine. So we all come down here and we fish before we go to work. And we go back and we use the community shower at 8.30 and then we're at work by nine. Community shower? They have, they have like a work shower. So like like at most these places, they've got like a shower for like the people who work at the places. So like going, it's like a locker room. So like they go in, you can fish, leave all your shit there. And then you go to the locker room and you go into work for the day. And then you can come back out afterwards, which most of them do. And they go back and they fish the same area. So we start casting and um i hook into a fish about my fifth cast it hit about 30 yards from shore um and it, it wasn't it wasn't running so i thought i had a snapper like I, it, it just kind of like laid there um and then all of a sudden when a wave came in it started peeling line so i i get it in and it was a it was a nice jack it's probably 20 pounds now when you say uh, jack is that jack, a jack craval craval yeah Crivelli? jack craval craval oh. What happened to the jack ships? <laughs> we we actually we actually ended up catching them that day. Okay. So um, I catch a jack, and then another guy catches a jack, and another guy catches a snapper. So what what we kind of figured out was there's this area there, like there's this rock pile, and if you can get to the rock pile first, you are almost guaranteed a snapper. Like it it, it was it was almost a guaranteed thing. So like well. They're fishing that side. We're going to go over here and fish this side. We go over there, um, and we start talking to this one guy. And he's like, man, where were you at yesterday? We're like, we were on the boat. He goes, you missed a good day yesterday. We caught five snapper out of here. So I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, they're going to overfish these rocks. Like, there's there's not going to be any more snapper here. One of the guys hooked into something. It bit through his metal leader and through the head of the bait. So, wow. like... You're you're probably talking at that point like a 50 pound snapper, and like when I'm talking about a snapper, I'm talking about a, a Kubera. Um, they've got these; they call them dog tooth snappers because they basically look like they have canines, like just around their mouth. Um, they're very sharp, and when they come up and hit a bait, they they like shoot up from the bottom and smack it and stun it, and then they come back down on it with their mouth open. Um, so like they'll they'll engulf the entire tail end of the bait. So we leave. Um, and then, uh, so that was, that would have been Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, so, uh, Wednesday we took a break, had a pool day, family day, pool day and family day. Thursday, we had another trip out on a boat and this one we did a panga. So the panga for anyone who doesn't know what that is, that's like, um, like if, if you go, if you look on like, um, any like out of the country fishing shows. So like, like uh, Costa Rica or Mexico or like the islands, like the Bahamas and that kind of stuff. You'll see like these real long skinny boats that kind of look like a Carolina skiff, a Carolina skiff um, with a center console in them. So that that's what these pangas are. Uh, they're long skinny boats. And this guy, um, his name's Captain Tony. Captain Tony takes us out and we're like, we want to fish for roosters. And he's like, well, we can try. He's, he's like, he goes, he goes we're, we're going to try and we're going to get you a rooster. Um, we start trolling hoochies all the way up to the point. I catch another Sierra. And then we had to have missed 
at one point I counted how many times a fish came up and hit my dad's bait. I want to say 12 times in a row. So like we missed probably a good 30 fish that day. I don't know if they were all the same fish, but like there was 30 bites that we just could not get hooks and fish. So he takes us literally to the rock pile. We're fishing like surf casting. Okay. And he's like, he's like, they're going to be here. He's like, he's like, we'll pitch baits here. And he goes, all you do he goes, you're going to hold the line. And he goes, when you feel that bait go crazy and then something slam it, he goes, there's a lever here. You just you shove it up as hard as you can and hold on. And he goes, just don't let the rod go over the boat. So we're sitting there and he's, we're pitching baits and sure enough, the baits start going nuts and like darting either way and then nothing. And then, so we keep making passes. Never, never got a rooster. <clears throat> we don't know what was there chasing after the baits, but um, we tried. Like, we tried our damnedest. So, our last day we go out, we go right back to that rock pile. And at this point, it's, it's like the last day uh, that we had to fish for the trip. It's Friday. So, we, <laughs> we go, we, we're like, we're getting up real early. So, we get up at, we get up at dark. Like, it's dark out. It's 5 o'clock. We drive down to the beach. We get out. We're walking. And we're, we're like there before sunlight. And I'm like, we are, we are going to beat all these guys here. Like, like it, it's going to be us. This is our day. We get down there and I see a flashlight. And sometimes like around these rocks, like the locals will go like fish for lobster and like they'll, they'll go, they'll go dive for them during lobster season. I'm like, oh, it must be what it is. So we're walking and I'm like, that's on land. I start looking like there's four guys already there. And I'm like, they, like those guys are here before us again so we get down there and they're just getting set up so I'm, I'm like i book it down there and i'm like i told my dad i'm like you need to come over to this side of the rocks and like we just need to start casting so i get to this area and i'm right i'm right next to the rocks and there's a guy right next to me and i'm like i'm, I'm sorry i'll move down he's like no 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 he is he is you cast in here too which i'll get into in a second the fishing community down there is far different than like anyone that you'd ever see in America. Um, and it's really kind of cool. So like, he's like, he's like, no, he goes, we'll just, we'll, we're going to alternate casting here. I'm like, okay. So I, I fire cast in and then he fires a cast in, and I put it like, I put a cast literally five inches away from this rock and give it two pops. And this fish just explodes on my bait. So, I, I'm thinking like it has to be a snapper. Like it can't be anything else. It, like it, ha it hit way too close to the rock. So the first thing I do is like I slam my hand down on top of the reel. I start walking the other way, and you'll see it like in the footage that we got. I put my hand on top of the reel, and I'm sitting there trying to hit the button on my shoulder mount. I finally <laughs> hit it. So like when like <laughs> in the start of the video, my hands are like this, and like you can see my hand come away from the from the uh, from the camera. And I just start trying to walk the other way with the fish. And like all this fish is trying to do is bury me back in the rock. So finally I get a wave and I start reeling I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I've got it away from the rocks. It immediately starts running back towards it again. So finally um, I get it far enough away from the rocks to fight it. I get it in and um, I'd never caught one before. I never caught a, I've never caught a Kubera before. And like, I get it up on the shore and, like all the locals are kind of staring at me. They're like, Hey, this gringo just caught our fish. Um, but like, they're, they're like, they're like, Hey, nice fish. And I'm like, Oh, well like they're, they're happy for me. Um, I think they kind of figured like I wasn't going to do anything with it. So I was going to give it to one of them. 
So I like, I like pull it up on the shore. Um, and I'm like, I'm like, I think I sent you guys the picture. Um, cause it's in the video. Like I, I have it from a shoulder mount. Like I immediately take a picture of it and then like I send it to you guys. Mm-hmm. So like, I, all I know is that these fish have teeth, like, and I don't want my hand anywhere near the mouth. So I'm like, I tell my dad, I'm like, I, I said like, Hey, go get the pliers. So we get the pliers. And we're looking at it and it's like, holy shit, like these, this thing's got like sharp teeth. So like I go, I get, I get the, the popper out of its mouth. And then I'm like, well, I want to get a picture with this thing. And like all, all, all the, uh, the boat captains have been like grabbing up underneath the gill plate or like the gills. And like you grab underneath right here because um, it helps like dispatch the fish because you're, you're going to dispatch the fish. So because it's a saltwater fish, you don't want a bloodline in it. You want to bleed it out as quickly as possible. So what does Rick do? Rick decides to go ahead and grab up there. And a couple of podcasts ago, we oh, talked about oh. like things that like, you know, are sharp and that are going to cut you <laughs> and like that you'll never forget. And we said um, the pins on the back of a uh, of a bluegill, uh, like the dorsal fin on a bluegill, the gill plate on a striper. Well, guess what's just as sharp or sharper than a gill plate on a striper? The gill plate on a Kubera snapper. It sliced <laughs> me open like like a fillet knife, and I bled like a stuck pig. Like I had like blood all like I had. I didn't even realize I had like blood all over my clothes because I was like so happy. I'm just like, ah, oh, I'll deal with it later. It's like, a it rubs, surgical cut too. Oh man, it was clean. Like it's, I, it's I, a like, clean cut, like a it, razor blade. Yep, completely clean cut. So we get pictures and everything. And like immediately after I caught that fish, someone else took the spot and like starts casting in that area. So like there, there's this thing that happens there. It's kind of like almost like when you go surfing, like there's like a line and like everyone just understands that like when someone catches a fish, like the line moves down and like everyone just kind of takes turns casting into those same spots because no one knows what color bait or whatever. And like immediately as soon as you catch it, like what do you catch it on and that kind of stuff. And it's not rude. It's just like, these guys are fishing for food like that. That's exactly what, what's going on. And like, they're all like really nice about it. Like they're all like, no, like you cast in there too. Like next guy's going to cast in there. And like, this is just how this works. So like everyone's real nice about it. So I cast out for like, I think like five casts after that. And a guy, the guy literally standing next to me hooks into the biggest Sierra I have ever seen in my life. Um, I've got video of him pulling it ashore it's got to be 11 or 12 pounds. It's massive. Like it, it, it is, it is just this massive Sierra mackerel. And he was there with like his little boy. And like, it was really, really cool to like watch them interact over it. But I ended up um, giving the fish to one of the local guys who had been like talking to us the entire week. Um, his name is Carlos. And I'm like, I, he like came up and he asked me, he's like, did you catch that fish? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I don't have anything to fillet it with. Like, do you want it? And like, he was like happier than a clam, like just so excited to like take it. And like, he, he didn't even fish for the rest of the day. Like he just left. He like, he put on a string and like left cause he had to go to work. And like all these other guys are standing there. The only, the only time like some guy like tried to overcast me <laughs> was I'm standing, I'm standing like not even near this rock pile. I'm standing by myself and I look down in the wave and I see this massive shadow and like, I, no one else saw it. So I immediately start short casting and this guy comes down next to me 
And he goes, you saw that, right? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, is that a jack? And he, you know, he fires a he fires a casting over my line. He goes, no, it's a snapper. And so th- this is this has got to be a 40-pound fish. Like, it's just sitting in the wave. Like, you can see it just rolling there. Red just, snapper? Kubera. Another Kubera snapper. Oh. oh. So, yeah. So there's a 40-pound Kubera snapper just sitting there in the surf. And, like, none of us could get it to rise or anything like that. But, like, it, it was an awesome trip. Like, I, I, can't, I can't speak enough about it. Like, anyone who can get down there, like, if, if you just want to, like, dirtbag it for a week, like, there's a Holiday Inn Express there that we stayed at the very first night we were there. I think it was 75 bucks or something like that. Good God. Yeah. So, 75 bucks a night, and you can go, like, as long as you have a car and you're fishing stuff, every beach in Mexico um, has has to have some way of open access to it. Every one of them does. Right. Um, now trying to find that access is the difficult thing because it may be um, a scrub filled drainage ditch full uh, full of rattlers or, you know, some other venomous thing that lives down there. But like there's opportunity abounds down there. And like, it's, it's such a cool place. Um, you know, I, I enjoy going down there every time, but um, like we didn't end up bringing back any fish uh, but we, we ate all our fish down there and I've got like a ton of memories. It's the most fish I've ever caught when I went down there, caught fish almost every day. And, you know, despite not being able to get a rooster, which I was really hoping I get my dad one while we were down there, but it, it just, it didn't play into it. So it's kind of adds to the mystique of the fish though. Sure. It's like, like literally the, it's the musky of the salt water. Oh my God. The, so the, so the day after we left the charter company that we, we went out with, posted eight pictures of all like every one of their boats landed a rooster that day wow oh man like, it just yeah so you didn't tip very well then i, I, <laughs> I felt like it if you're looking for an affordable technical gear style clothing that performs well that cuts weight from your clothing but not from your wallet check out huntworth whether you're hunting early season in Nebraska, mid-season in Ohio, or late season in Iowa, Huntworth has a system to keep you comfortable and focused on your hunt. With early season fast approaching, we highly recommend checking out the Durham Lightweight Hunting Pants and the Midweight Shelton Hoodie. These items paired with an appropriate base layer will perform at a high level in multiple early season conditions in fishing and hunting. Yeah, so. Wow. But but enough about me in in in, in Mexico. I want to hear about slaying smallies and um, Will <laughs> not getting to catch his muskies that he wanted. Damn man, <laughs> I've never seen people root against each other like. <laughs> my God. All right, so hold on, I, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold okay. on. I want to ask this before we get this started. Okay. Who who caught the biggest fish of the trip? That would be probably between me and John, and I don't know if you could really yeah. differentiate that. Okay. Um, we were probably around, I would say, neck and neck. What it what was the length on yours, your best? Uh, 18 and three quarters, was so, it, Josh? So he definitely yeah, got me yeah, by length. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'd, it's tough to be like, well, I think mine was bigger than you, you know. I know that mine was a yeah. damn football, and if we would have mm-hmm. caught that yeah. fish two or three weeks ago, you're looking at a 
probably, you know, a half pound added, like some serious earth and a half pound added to that fish. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Like she was a football. Um, which nice. is, you know, I didn't get yep. to catch my like giant smallie. But but I, I think all of us learned, even Will, who's been up there a few times, but he immediately took us to that spot and was like, you know, this is where we got into the bigger fish. And sure as shit, the first cast I made, I caught my best fish. And then I had one similar size on the very next cast. Wow. And I watched it just oh, well. set me up like a hoe. Just went someplace, <laughs> dove straight down, six o'clock. And then rose 12 o'clock and flew out of the water and tossed me. And uh, we have a clip of that um, where I say a few things, a few choice words. But um, <laughs> I, I had been dreaming of uh, going to Lake St. Clair since like 2010. Not bad. Um, I had a co-worker at Mercedes. Um, love you. Sorry, telling my dog goodnight. We're uh, leaving from vacation from down here in Florida to uh, go home tomorrow. So we're all getting everybody packed up and in bed. So anyway, um, yeah, I'd been dreaming of going there and I kept begging Will to go. And <laughs> of course, he's literally in a white T-shirt and leather jacket and blue jeans with his sideburns <laughs> looking so cool and he's like no you're not cool enough chris and uh <laughs> so um finally i just called him up and was like hey listen i've got a free weekend i've got a buddy that lives up there what do you think about going out there and just playing around whether we take your boat use his boat whatever um, what, what would you think about that if we could pull that off regardless? And even if it's just me and him, fine. You know, I just, I want to go. I don't care. Let's day trip it. Let's go for a weekend, whatever. I want to go. And so he said that he was up for it, but would talk to his wife. And she said it was cool. Got the okay from mine. And so then spoke with John and then. I talked to Josh, was like, hey, uh, <laughs> we're going to like the smallmouth capital of the world. Would you like to attend? He's like, sure. You know, I'm not fishing for sturgeon this weekend. Um, <laughs> sturgeon River. <laughs> I, I had never caught a smallie before this trip. So I was, I was excited. Are you serious? Never yeah. Targeted them. Never caught one before. Holy crap, man. Do you guys yeah, have those adults in lakes down there that? have smallmouth in them oh yeah there's i mean cumberland's full of them dale hollow's yeah, full well of that's them. not but but that's not down there we're in ohio those are four hours those are an equal drive or longer drive okay. than the damn saint Clair. i mean the ohio so, river's got some nice smallmouth in it instead of the lake they do, river. They do. Yeah. um yeah. i'm just not a huge fisherman just so. mentioned it. that's right um we're gone so, yeah. so around us though like you're fishing streams and you're catching baby smallmouth. You're not catching anything. If you catch something better than 17 inches, you're doing really well. And I won't talk about the few places that you can go right. to get into them, but there are a few places that you can go, but good luck getting to them and good luck 
getting into the good ones, we'll say. Um, I know a few people who do, who can and do, but not like it's, it's, I mean, nothing touches St. Clair, right? But um, unless you go to like the Boundary Waters, maybe. And even then it's like, uh, is it as good? Because you're in a canoe. I'm in a speedboat. Like I'm in a bass boat with a motor and I didn't carry my boat across the land. So <laughs> we're going to go drink beer tonight and you're going to get destroyed by mosquitoes and black bears. So go tie your food up and I'll pray for you. So, um, <laughs> that's pretty much the gist. I, I actually want to take that trip. But um, so uh, somehow everybody got the okay from wives and had a clear schedule. And that is like, an act of God in and of itself. And uh, we decided to make it basically like a, a two day, day and a half trip. Um, we left Friday. Will uh, took the liberty of booking our place and he decided that that wasn't expensive enough. So he canceled that and got a more expensive place. Uh, Josh was pissed. Um, he, he's, he books this hotel, and I want to say it was like $600 for two nights. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, that's a little pricey, but, you know, okay. So then he's like, hey, don't worry. I canceled that. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, maybe we'll get it down to like 400 or something and get it closer to that $100 a guy type thing. He's like, <laughs> I booked an Airbnb, and I'm like, ah, shit. And and I'm like I'm talking to my wife. I'm like I don't even want to ask the question what he paid. I just want to ask him what I owe, so it seems like it's less. And uh, I asked him. He's like, Oh yeah, it's uh like seven hundred and fifty dollars. And I'm like, Will, you know what's really cool? Talking to friends on the same fishing trip as you about the price of the place you're staying before. I'm so happy you all get to experience. Oh my this. god! Yeah, I was, I was like, <laughs> now, uber confused because I'm used to like communicating things. Nope. And he hadn't responded to us in like days, and it's like, <laughs> we're getting ready to leave for this trip, and he's like, oh yeah, like I went ahead and booked this. We're like, you didn't even consult us. He's like, oh, it'll be all right. It'll be okay. My wife yeah. makes a half million dollars a month, <laughs> being gorgeous and Bavarian. That's all I'm saying. Um, so now let me say this much, uh, frustrating or whatever, you know, anxiety ridden, but there was a rhyme to the reason we were in a nice neighborhood. We had a place to park and charge our boat, which was pretty important. And we had a full kitchen and everything. And, uh, that way we could warm up nothing. <laughs> and have a charcuterie board at 1130 at night um, after we finally got in from walleye fishing with John after we hadn't fished enough Saturday night. So, uh, it I mean, it was really a good call on his part. It was a little on the uh, more mm -hmm. expensive end, I would call it. But, I mean, it's St. Clair, and I don't... It was the right move. Yeah, and, I mean, if we have to pay... You know, because he, he towed the boat up and everything. Like, if I don't even want to know what you pay for a one or two day charter to have somebody take you out and 
uh, take you fishing and everything. So, and, and then you still have to pay a pretty penny for a hotel. So in the end, really, you're yeah. kind of saving money. So um, we get up there Friday night. Uh, I was blessed enough to ride with my friend Yosh here. He drove us up. Um, we got up there, had a few drinks, and just kind of uh, planned things out. And I think that morning we decided to go with uh, John's game plan, which was to go out of a certain uh, unmentional, uh, just to be clear with everybody, unmentionable um, ramp, I guess you'd call it or whatever. Launch. Um, so launch. Thank you. Uh, can tell I fish all the time twice a year. So, um, me and Will were in one boat, and John and Josh were in the other. Hell, we didn't ride, but maybe two minutes to our first spot, and yeah. pretty close to that spot. And those fish were, they were spawning right there. They were all on their beds. Oh yeah, man, was, they were. And and it's funny because, I mean, I'm sure I would have figured it out, figured it out, but Will was pointing some things out to me, and um, at first I thought I had a small muskie follow my lure in almost right away, and uh, turns out it was a damn big ass smallmouth, and they do they do look a lot bigger in the water. Than yes, they do. When you pull them out, that water is clear. I want to say we were fishing roughly seven and a half feet of water that is uber clear and you could see straight to the bottom below you and like 10 or 15 yards in every direction you could see to the bottom in very good detail and uh as far as your polarized glasses will let you as far as crystal polarized clear. glasses let you right josh mm -hmm. yes. nice polarized glasses yes. very nice polarized glasses that you can buy <laughs> So I watch these fish follow my lure in and, and it's so weird. And, and Will just drops this little brush hog or whatever down. Yep. And I watched this gorgeous football with the most beautiful war paint come up like it never seen a lure in its life. There's like a gazillion boats. 20 and 30 yards apart in all directions and everybody's catching fish. This fish has probably seen a hundred damn lures a day for the last month. And you would have thought that it was a newborn that was like two and a half or three pounds. And it just, I know I watched the whole thing and it slowly comes up and just swallows his brush off and he just pulls it right up and it was a fish that had followed my lure in so i'm like oh cool we got our strategy so i get some more to you're gonna bird dog for him oh dude it was bullshit so, yeah. and then i start dropping that same exact pole with the same lure in front of all these fish they don't they don't give a shit about that thing i'm like well man now i look stupid and Will looks like this, like, oh, yeah, I, I I jiggled my Jake right or something. So I'm thinking this is this is crap. And everybody has a small mouth. And we're like five hours in. 
and I do not have a small mouth. I have one rock <laughs> pass, one stud trophy wall hanger of a rock pass, like 10 and 11 inch rock bass. In yeah. there. So those things are huge. Okay. And uh, I'm starting to get a complex at this point. And then I finally caught a few, but I'll let, uh, I, I actually want to hear um, Josh's take on, on this trip as well, especially day one, um, because him being the least experienced of all of us, Rick and, and, you know, John, John's the most experienced. This dude fishes all the time. He's on all kinds of different waterways and has a gorgeous boat that I want to take from him. Um, it is absolutely amazing to go out on a really nice boat with somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. And uh, so he's got a crap load of experience with just fish in the waters in general. Will's got a lot of experience. And then I fish a few times a year, but not a lot because I'm always doing hunting and archery stuff. And then there's Josh who doesn't hardly ever fish. Uh, how many times would you say you fish a year, Josh? Fish a year? Um, maybe just one or two days. My parents, my my at my father's house, they have a pond there, and at my mother's house, they have a pond there. So they're just like small. Well, I say small. They're like half acre farm ponds. That's about it. So give us your <laughs> just stock ponds. Yeah, yeah, just just stocked farm ponds. Oh God. <laughs> So give us your perspective on day one. So, day, so I'm, I'm going to start you're, this. You're, I'm going to stop you real quick. You, uh, you have permission to tell a certain story about you guys rolling up as Will caught that fish. I forgot to tell that story, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a good one. We'll, we'll get to that. That's a good one. So as Chris said like I, I don't have a lot of experience fishing and when i was invited on this trip i was actually pretty excited because i'd never caught a smallmouth. and then all you guys were like you don't understand like this is like uh awesome smallmouth lake like one of the best in the u.s so in my head i'm like well this is awesome like this is gonna be a great time and it did not disappoint um but that first day so i'll start the, the first day off by talking about our plans we had actually planned to get there before daylight and then like hit the water right as the sun was coming up uh, and then we get a message from john that first morning saying hey it's gonna be a little late i can't remember how late what was it like 30 or 40 minutes john or something yeah it was like almost an hour yeah, was, but he had, out of everybody he had late. the longest drive yeah you had an hour there so understandable so we're sitting there lollygagging around the house like, oh, we got time. And then when he, when we met you, we actually showed up an extra 15 or 20 minutes late. So <laughs> it's, it's daylight by the time we're at the launch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we get out there. And I don't know if it's like John's kind of explaining things to me. When we get out there, there's like all these other boats around there. And I'll, in my head, I was like, well, damn, we, we missed the good time. Like all these people are out here. Uh, but John was explaining to me, like, basically, that's kind of how it was out there. Like, you'll get all these boats, but, you know, people are still catching fish. And just like Chris described earlier, I had never seen water that clear. So I was pretty, pretty amazed because we're fishing six, seven and a half feet of water. You can see all the way to the bottom, you know, 
10, 15 yards out from your boat and you could just like see where all these fish are. And John's explaining to me, he's like, you'll see these beds. There'll be, what'd you say? Like these big white circles, John, like you'll just see the fish near these beds. Yep. It was, we were basically bed hunting. Sandy circles. Yeah. Yeah. These sandy circles, like bed hunting fish, which was like a wild concept to me. Um, oh, so yeah. we're just going fishing this the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Unfortunately, it didn't last that long when some of the wind and stuff picked up, but it was, that was the way to do it. That was a lot of fun because you had that little trolling motor on your boat. We're just kind of, you know, going with the current and all that. And we'd see these fish and we had these jigs and we, we'd throw and, you know, throw them away from the bed and get them to the bed and just try and piss those smallies off enough to, you know, get them to bite the bait and get them up in the boat. Um, but we weren't there long. And then you were the first one to catch a fish, right, John? Yeah, it was, I don't know, 10 minutes, five minutes in. Yeah, <laughs> we were not there long and you just like pulled a fish right in. And I'm like, holy cow, like that was fast. Um, I think I think you actually caught one or two more, and then I finally brought in my first smallie. Um, that was that was pretty stoked. I'd never seen a smallmouth that large. Like you were saying earlier, Chris, like they're good sized fish, and even for there, this fish wasn't that big. I want to say, oh, uh, we measured that seventeen or eighteen inches or something, maybe seventeen. I think if I remember right, but beautiful beautiful fish yeah and um so we throw it back and we're we're sitting i think uh our boat at the time we had a bet going on whoever caught the largest fish would owe the other team uh what do we say like drinks or, or dinner or something 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 along those lines we ended up not going off at and just having fun fishing but uh at the time that first morning we had already brought in two or three fish before will and chris had brought in fish and we're not fishing like too terribly far from them so we're you know making fun of them and then will finally hooks into a fish <laughs> and uh so we're like 50 60 yards from their boat or so and we see will hooking in this fish and i'm like oh man will's got one and then will's telling chris to get this net and I'm sure you're familiar with the net, Rick. It's the fray bill. It's a sliding one. Yeah. It's got it's a tube with a black handle, and you got to push yes. it forward hard. It's Otherwise, net, it doesn't it's open. A net invented by <laughs> idiots. Is what it is. <laughs> so, and we have this conversation before we hit the water <clears throat> about how to properly handle a net to get the fish and make well, sure the fish doesn't. And, was and Chris jabbing at the fish, trying to knock it off the hook? <laughs> No, no, I, I couldn't get the net to open. This is not an ordinary net at all. No, this, this no. is a this is a dumb bitch net. I, so I I I, I, will, I will be very honest. <clears throat> um, I have not. My dad bought the, bought that net and another one like it a long. I mean, it's probably been a decade ago. Um, and the only re they were the only one in the store. <laughs> well. So we used to have this massive striper net, like in the boat. Like, I mean, it was just your typical, like, it's just a big, like, hoop net. And then it had, like, the, you know, nylon, whatever stuff that went on it. And uh, trying to get stripers out of it, it gets hooks entangled in it. And, like, it rips because, like, the. We use that one, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So he, he bought this one. 
Um, and we never used to have a problem out of it. But the past two years, it has become such a pain in the ass to try to get open. It, and it's, it, and it's, it's like, so hold on. Did it jam like it, it wouldn't all the way? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was like your jamming of your shotgun in the turkey yeah. hunt that we showed John Saturday exactly. night of the trip. <laughs> it, dude, it, 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 it is just like you, you try to slam it forward and it won't open. And what happens is that is, um, for, for those who don't know, it, it's like um, within the tube, it's like a, uh, I don't even know what would, it's like a piece of wire that's got like a rubber coating around it. And the net kind of like goes on that. But what happens is the net gets caught on that slide and then it won't open. So you got to like keep like, you look like you're like hammering it, like <laughs> with your hand yeah. trying to get yeah. the damn thing open. And then finally, like it, it'll, it'll open up. Yeah, we well, it's like a two-inch tube, you know, that's six yep. feet long, and the net folds into the tube. Mm-hmm. I mean, the concept is actually pretty cool, mm-hmm. but you know, you don't get lures and stuff like you said tangled up into it. But when you're Chris and you're you're trying to net a fish, and then it's a hot I would have been in the same boat. I, I would have been. I don't know how this thing opens. You know, <laughs> you needed a yeah. trial before you. Uh, before you guys went out. Yes. Yeah. You should have showed you how to use that sucker. Ted talk about a damn net to get it yeah. open. You forgot to read the instructions. And he's like, just open it. Just open it. And I'm like, Will, does it not look like I'm trying? And then he couldn't open it for about 30 seconds. He finally <laughs> got it open and then acted like it was no big deal and it was easy to open. And I'm like, Hey, guy, you knew that it was like that, and it took you a little bit. So shut your face. <laughs> you guys somehow still landed that fish. So. Oh, dude, yeah. she was gorgeous too. Yeah, we got that all on video. So good. <laughs> we did. We did. I'm I'm just a struggle bus everywhere I go. So on top of that, I went. Uh, so for Father's Day, I was looking to, like. I remember you saying, like, oh, your dad needs a new net. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll go buy him a new net. It can't cost that much. I went to Sportsman's Warehouse tonight and <clears throat> started looking at their nets. The only ones that they have are, uh, you know, the guys who make Bubba Blade, Bubba? Oh, wow. They, they make they make nets now. And they're nice. Yeah. Like, they're, they're real nice. But they're, they're 200 expensive. bucks a piece. And oh, that yeah. was the only thing that they had. I'm like, this is not okay. Like, like, there's, there's, like, this was the only thing they had. I'm like, I can't, I can't justify this. So, maybe, maybe at some other point. You don't love your dad enough. I love my dad a whole lot, but not for two hundred dollars. <laughs> not net. for two hundred bucks. I, I know, I know how to use that net. I am well acquainted with that net. Uh, hold on, hold on. The other thing is, did he have you wet the net before you put it back in the tube? No. See, so that that's no. that's how that thing gets screwed up. Is like you have to wet the net again and then slide it back down. Otherwise, it gets stuck on that stuck on the piece right there. Dude, <laughs> forgot to read the instructions. You yep. should not have to read the instructions. <laughs> it should. Got to lube your net before you hit the water. Okay. <laughs> Everybody knows that. So it was. It was interesting, though, because we caught that fish. I don't think we caught another fish other than those damn 
giant bluegill looking rock bass um, for a while. Um, and then I finally got one. He kept telling me to run a rattle trap. Um, everybody mm -hmm. else was fishing swim baits. We can talk about that because um, everybody was fishing swim baits in the entire lake, basically. But me, I'm pretty sure I was running a rattle trap. <laughs> we were in some pretty thick weeds. And I see what Will was talking about, but I'm not sure with that area that I agree with that strategy because I wasn't fishing that much. I was getting destroyed by the weeds and that mm -hmm. filling in three foot long shards of weed basically. So, um, but when we got out to the deeper water with much less weeds and more like rocks and uh, I saw a few like um, really, really old pieces of wood. I don't know how they got there. If somebody had sunk a tree or what, I mean, that it's hard telling how long they'd been there. Um, and they were literally just like a branchless log. So for all I know, somebody dropped a damn telephone pole off there or something. I don't know. But um, we got into the bigger fish and the rattle trap shined because now you're covering water, a lot of water and getting into the fish. And um, it was interesting too, because down where we're from, um, the water's warm as heck. And up there, this it's like fishing in Ohio, in, in Southern Ohio in mid-March. Like the fish are still a little sluggish, you know, maybe late March, we'll call it. But like they're not, you still have to fish things rather slow. Um, it will, it, I'll, I'll equate it to how you fish the spring trip in Cumberland. Okay, uh, okay. You're not you're not bringing anything in fast. You're you've got a slow retrieve, mm -hmm. and and that was tough to get used to. And uh, I have some little tricks of my own that kind of help me with my timing and everything. Like there's a rhyme and a reason to it all. So um, I I loved the rattle trap out in the open water. It still worked in the weeds a little bit, especially on day two. But I feel mm -hmm. like a you know a tube or a swim bait or something that's not going to keep getting caught in the weeds. Um, and then, you know, and, and I, I mention all this to help other people that are going to do this trip. We'd encourage everybody to do it. Um, day two, you could not see in the water like you could on day one. Day one, just the dumbest water clarity you could ever dream of. Day two, could not see really well. So now your sight fishing has went to hell. And now, you know, and don't get me wrong. You're not sight fishing in Ohio or, you know, down at Cumberland or anything like that uh, for mm -hmm. the most part. But, man, it does help uh, when you can literally look at a small mouth on its bed and pitch your lure to him. And then you see that one over there and you pitch it and you just keep doing it until somebody plays. But um, that's how the state record uh, largemouth down here got caught. Down here where? In Kentucky? Kentucky? Really, Kentucky. That yeah. So there was a guy who was fishing um, early spring beds, and he was fishing a purple lizard, and he threw it in the middle of a bed. And he knew that he just said, "He goes, I knew that the fish was big, 
And like he goes, he just kept throwing it in there until the fish decided to pick it up. And when he laid the hooks into it, I mean, it was a 14 pound large, 13 or 14 pound largemouth. Um, yeah, out of a real, not, not a big lake at all. And, uh, but like those fish, they get so territorial fish in those beds because they just, they want that spot cleared out. Um, you know, they'll, they'll do anything to keep anything out of there. Heck yeah. So Josh, tell everybody what some of those smallmouth did to your lure. Oh, when, when John and I got frustrated when we were bed fishing. <laughs> so those fish were, some of them were very frustrating. We'd get on some beds and one in particular, like we saw this fish on its bed. And I'm like, John, like there's a fish here. Let's, let's stop here. And he was using the trolling motor to keep us in the area. I'd throw down and what was I using, John? This little like swim bait. Uh, it was a little silver thing. Yeah, it was just a, it was just a swim bait. It's a minnow looking jig. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So we'd throw, jig it on the bed, and this fish would would not bite the lure. It'd come up and bump it with its nose off the bed, and it did this. <laughs> yep, a lot. It would, it sure. would. I'd go and jig, and I'd bump it with its nose, and I'd try to set the hook, think, hook, think it was going after the bait. We did that oh, for. Forever, like ten or fifteen 10, minutes. 15 minutes, we we worked that fish, and that fish would not open his mouth. Man, he just kept knocking <laughs> it, it off the bed. Of the... Yeah. Was this a bigger fish? And I was just... It was. Yeah, it was a good um, one. Yeah, it was a decent sized one. Yeah, <laughs> it just kept but hitting just, it with its nose. I mean, just right there underneath the boat, you know, and you're watching, you're trying to hook set, and it's very frustrating. Yeah, I'm just we're just watching it the whole right. time, and I, actually, John like got the GoPro and stuck it in the water in the yeah, GoPro footage. You can see you can see the fish hitting the bait, yeah. <laughs> just like bumping yeah. it off. Jeez, pushing it up. Yeah, oh, that, that was fish such been a around. Thing. You know that that fish knew the game. Yeah, you are not kidding. That we 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 gave up and then like went went to a different spot. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. We had we had a pretty good day that day. Um we fished until what about so we fished probably till about two thirty? Three Okay. Yeah, I wanna say we were out there seven AM. Okay, to about then we took out for lunch. Mm -hmm. We went to Will's spot. Um we had a pretty damn good lunch, by the way. Um, oh yeah, got a little day drunk and then went to uh, Will's spot. We put in there, and <laughs> we had uh, we got into. I think we set the world record for f ups. We got into some fish. I had a muskie follow me in, and the wind was picking up pretty good. And uh, well, we. We're very, 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 very low on gas. And then we lost the trolling motor. The trolling, we didn't lose the trolling motor. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. We the battery lost died. Power to the trolling motor. The, ba the battery died. Okay. And so at that point, we were like, well, 
I think we're done for the day. And John had kept mentioning he like is in love with walleye fishing. So he's like, hey, we could quit around like six or seven and go catch some walleye. And it's like 6.15 or something. I'm like, John, you get your wish, John Bay. <laughs> I was like, hey, want to go catch some walleyes? We can't go anywhere now. So Will runs us back in. Will decided he didn't want to do walleye fishing because he hates fun and smiling and instead <laughs> he'll be responsible and charge the boat and get dinner. And it was actually nice. Cause he like laid out this phenomenal charcuterie board and had drinks made up and everything when we got in. But uh, John was nice enough to take us out uh, to, to a river. place to the, to the river. And okay. And uh, takes us to this certain spot, and it, it it was cool. I'm not gonna say a whole lot about it, other than watching him pick this spot. I was like, "Oh damn, this is we're just hunting deer. This is all we're doing. We're hunting deer right now." Um, yep. But it was kind of, I would call it like minorly the opposite, though. If if I'm thinking of things right, um, so. We go out there, and I think John had his pole in the water for 30 seconds, a minute, yeah, and gets broke off by a walleye. Oh. And I'm like, what, wow. what the hell just happened? Like, I'm thinking, oh, my God, dude, this dude just brought us to, like, the land of the walleye gods or something. Cool. Yeah. Well, I was in the middle of showing you guys how, how to do it. You're dropping a one ounce jig with a middle tail down 30, 40 feet of water, and you're just jigging off of the bottom. And literally as soon as my jig hit the wa- hit the bottom, I pulled it back up to kind of show them this is how you mm-hmm. you bounce it off the bottom. You gotta really feel it because you're in a you're in a river and you're going with the current. And and uh, just just to show him just how you feel the bottom, and then boom, he, he get a hit right away. So oh, yeah, it was pretty slick. That, that was nice to show you that, yeah. but it wasn't nice to show you. This is how you snap off. <laughs> this is how you break one <laughs> off in minute one. Yeah, um, it was pretty cool though. I think we were we were there fishing for like an hour and a half or so. We caught five walleye. Uh, nice. Josh, you you offered. On that, didn't you? You didn't catch one. You had one. I offered on the walleye. Yeah, I had one or two bites, but I, d- I didn't catch any. Yeah. And then we, hell, we probably lost more than we caught. We caught five. Yeah, we did. And cleaned them up, and John stole them and didn't offer them to any of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he sent us that, that nonchalant uh, text, like, sorry, guys, I forgot to give you the walleye. No, oh, darn it. I totally <laughs> took forgot. Your boat, dude. All the walleye. <laughs> but yeah, but I got fun. a freezer full of them, so I was gonna, I was gonna offer them My to you God. guys. I, I can only up. imagine. And and you were catching the big females, you know, a month, month and a half ago, weren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't nothing yeah. to go out. And just slam. We were catching the old jack. Living out in a half hour. Wow. I remember <laughs> you sending us that video, like multiple times full full live well with gorgeous little piggies in there
Just wanted to take a second to tell you about all our other content. If you're on Facebook, head on over to the Fueled by the Outdoors Facebook page. We currently have over 18,000 members of people who love the outdoors, from the mobile hunter all the way to the hiking enthusiast. Come interact and talk all things outdoors with a robust community of people. Fan of product reviews, fishing, hunting videos? Go check out the Fueled by the Outdoors YouTube channel. If there's any topic or content you would like for us to cover, just send us a message. And if you like what you're seeing and hearing, then hit that join or subscribe button. We hope all our content fuels your passion for the outdoors. So we left there. We drive back. We were going to stop. I was going to purposely piss Will off because he gets all this food. And then we hadn't eaten any of it yet. And I thought, oh, man, we got to stop by Burger King. I'm going to buy John's dinner anyway because he took us at, you know, he drove and he took us out on his boat. I'll get his dinner. Well, the damn Burger King was closed other than the drive-thru, and we couldn't get through the drive-thru pulling a yacht and, like, a four-ton diesel dually truck. So we were screwed. So we, yep. we did charcuterie night, the charcuterie night, as the one lady calls it. Um, so we went back there, had some drinks, uh, ate a bunch of different cuts of meat and breads and cheeses and all that, uh, watched some of our YouTube videos, showed John your turkey hunt. I think we Wonderful. showed him. Yeah. <laughs> That's a classic. Um, what else? Again, I would like to reiterate is only one shell of TSS. The rest were all long beards. <laughs> um, and then I think we watched the trout fishing video as well of Will, our first one. And mm-hmm. I'd have done like one more. Or oh, the very first but one. at that point, I think it was like 1 a.m. And we were all like, Ooh. and then. <laughs> Went to sleep, got up at like 4.30 again. We packed up the entire place. Keep in mind, guys, this is a one-and-a-half-day trip. So we have two nights at this Airbnb. So the next morning, we wake up super early. We make breakfast, make coffee, clean everything up, do the dishes, uh, do the 800,000 rules that these people left us, which was kind of ridiculous in my opinion. Um, they have a damn $150 cleaning fee, which is what made their place more expensive. And we had to clean the place. Like we literally cleaned it almost top to bottom. The only thing we didn't do (laughs) is like scrub toilets and wipe countertops. It was ridiculous. So nevertheless, uh, we got everything going, got out there a little after daylight, went back to the spot we started. We weren't having great luck. I think John and Josh, actually, you guys didn't even catch a fish there, did you? Not in our first spot that we were at. No. Yeah, no. We did. We we went to, um, we weren't catching was... anything. John was like, hey, let's hit up this other spot where you said you had caught fish before, right? Yeah, it's a little rock structure. It was about three and a half miles away. So we yeah. jumped over there and gave it a shot. We fished there for like an hour. I uh, hooked mm-hmm. into a, a muskie. Oh. And him for about two seconds before he sent me off. But 
very cool. I've yet to catch a muskie out of there. For as much as I've fished in that lake, I've yet to catch a muskie. Jeez. So, Will and I went right back. You know, we were, I, I caught like two or three smallmouth in that first spot, and we caught a few rock. And uh, he really wanted to catch a muskie. And part of that was from my pressure because I was like, man, how cool would it be? catch a muskie on film like that's not something that just happens all the time especially well i won't even say especially really anywhere i mean when you're talking about filming from the same boat not having a professional film crew follow you around for a day um so we went right back to where i had that muskie follow my bait the day before and he immediately gets a follow then he gets another follow right after that and then right after that gets another follow. But he wasn't having any luck. So we switch spots. We get out there. He's like, oh, I want to I take you to this deeper water and see if we get into any smallmouth. This is where we got into our bigger ones. We immediately get into bigger, better quality fish. You can run the rattle trap more efficiently. And so now, as he put it, which, you know, is how I would put it, we're like, okay, do we go maybe catch one muskie for the rest of the day? Or do we maybe catch <laughs> the best smallmouth for a bunch of really good quality fish and A, have footage, but B, and more importantly, just have fun and catch fish, you know, get great <laughs> pictures and everything. So we stayed there for quite a while. And then uh, I had actually... I think I had caught or uh, got into that second fish. And before I made another cast is when I sent a waypoint to Josh's phone and was like, Hey, you guys need to get the hell over here. We're clearly in them, you know, come over here, yada, yada, yada. So then you guys came over a little while later and yeah, you were like a 10 or 15 minute boat ride. Yeah, we were maybe longer. We were pretty far and that's pretty sad considering John owns like a speed yacht. Because that thing didn't get across the water. It's crazy. Um, they left us in, in the yeah. in the mist. You can't say dust with boats, can you? There you go. It's sure. Dusty yep. But uh <laughs> it was kind of funny because <laughs> they pull up and I'm taking drone shots. And I wouldn't get my drone out at the first spot because we're close to a place where you can't fly a drone, we'll say. And uh, a freaking, uh, what is it? I almost said Air Force. Um, Coast Guard helicopter comes roaring across the sky right after they pull up and the drone's up. And I'm like fighting to get the drone down and get it like right over the boat. And we were kind of joking and sort of wondering like, they coming out here to, shoot my drone down or do they think we're terrorists or like what's going on we haven't had anything fly over us all day and now i put this damn drone up and they're like flying around so got some cool shots uh we hung around for a little bit i want to say john and josh you guys did pretty well out there yeah john did i yeah i might have caught a rock bass you had a rough second day. I had a rough second day. Yeah, I caught just a few rock bass. Uh, and that was it. 
But you're I also gave Josh not- the exact same rod as me, the exact same lure, shadow wrap. We were running yeah. crankbaits out through there. And I just, I kept bumping them. I kept getting follow-ups. I think I picked three there right away. And, uh, but yeah, it well, was fun. I wasn't jiggling my Jake there- right. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the truth, man. Like, I almost felt bad. You just go out there and like cast almost. Out- <laughs> or you know you reel the lure in and that's it and it's it's not the case like it took a lot of thought when i started catching fish i was doing very specific things like cast like i told you like i was cast, casting off the back corner of the boat and reeling at a certain speed and holding my pole tip at a certain height and everything to make things consistent and find uh what part of the water column that I needed to be in and everything. And I'm not anywhere near as experienced as Rick or John or Will, but I do know that there's thought that goes into that. And yeah, you can, you know, anybody can go out and get lucky, you know, especially if you're fishing with one of these guys that fishes all the time and they can give you the right stuff and put you in the right spot uh, to start. But you'll find out real quick who knows how to fish and who doesn't or who's better and whatever, simply with that, like you do have to kind of jiggle to Jake, <laughs> you know, correctly. Uh, it's all how you wiggle, wiggle the worm, huh? So, but uh, we fished for a little while after you guys got there and then Will um, had a panic attack because he wasn't fishing for muskie. So we went to fish for musky. <laughs> I was just banging on the largemouth as he's musky fishing. Um, I didn't tell you guys this, I don't think, but we pulled up to a, um, like a, almost looked like a damn parking lot that kind of jetted out into the lake a little bit that had some rocks around the wall. And uh, we had gone down and I cast it out of the back of the boat on the corner of this rock structure and i was like oh shit that there's times where you make a cast where you're like if i don't get snagged this is going to produce a fish and sure enough bam and of course you know i've got moby dick on the line because i'm casting (laughs) out of the back of the boat and i hooked into a a stud white bass it was like 15 and a half inches I saw a picture of that. That was a nice fish. Yeah, it was a great fish. Crazy. And like a dumbass, I picked it up by the gill the wrong way, not realizing that that little bastard had a gill plate. And it did not slice me. It pressure cut me. So imagine shoving your hand onto a knife. You're not running it along the blade to cut it. You just cut (laughs) it by pressure. And that thing cut right into my finger. And I, immediately I'm like, oh, shit. And I look down and, of course, there's blood coming out. And I'm like, it'll stop in a second. <laughs> I kept dipping it in the water and rubbing it off. I'm like, well, I think I got a pretty good one here. <laughs> this guy's in on me a little bit. So um, I turned it loose. Uh, lucky for him, I didn't have my, my fillet knife with me because we'd have kept quite a few rock bass and that white bass would have went right in the bag with them. Um, Slay knife under the seat of the boat. Oh, well that sucks. <laughs> hey, does it have special instructions? Like, is it in a safe 
and then you gotta like work the blade backwards or something like that net you have. No, it's a pretty straightforward Rapala knife. You just like take it and jab it in yourself. <laughs> um, we fished. I think John got tuckered out, and uh, it was kind of convenient because um, he had been away from his family for a while, and uh, Will and I had ran low on gas and then lost the trolling motor again. So we were talking. Um, Will needs to buy your dad a new boat or something. Or, or just remember how gas tanks need to be filled up. On something. The I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so I, I know. I don't really know anybody that goes out on St. Clair with an empty tank. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, my, my, my question is, is that did he, there's two fuel tanks in that boat. Right. I figured that out. Did you guys switch the fuel tank over? So, <laughs> yes. So, we actually we actually didn't um we didn't actually run out of fuel. We were running, so I think um it was getting low. We I think we had like switched to the other tank or something like that, but we yeah. lost the trolling motor and with how rough the water was getting, there was no like and you're not going to troll with the rate, you know, you're not going to be able to put yourself in position with that because we were in four and five feet of water when we quit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had already caught quite a few small mouth and some good ones. And we were like, well, do we stay a couple of hours and fight these waves with just the motor? Or do we just cut our losses and say, all right, great trip. We learned a lot let's take a w and hit the the ramp and actually that's when we got a text or call or whatever from josh saying that that like literally as this trolling motor dies he's like hey uh john needs to go home he's tired he hasn't seen his family and i'm like oh cool we'll meet you at the bow ramp we're out of like (laughs) all types of power basically or almost and so we're past them 90 seconds later there goes john (laughs) and i'm like god all right and so to add sort of insult to injury we found a balloon and i made will stop because i had just explained to him how when we scout for buck beds the buck balloons normally we find those damn balloons that people release My, for loved ones or the mylar balloon yeah and dude <clears throat> the thermals pull them down or whatever and and they're where the damn deer can be found and uh so i i told him i was like dude you gotta stop like we gotta we gotta talk about the the smallies being bedded wind to back right here and everything <laughs> well, then we go to leave and these people are flagging us down so we drive out to them and uh, they were actually flagging the people behind us, which was like a, a towing service. But we, we didn't know and we wanted to check on them because out there, I mean, and they were, they were out there pretty good. Um, they were nowhere even close to shore. And uh, man, we didn't want anybody getting hurt. The, the wind and the waves were picking up pretty good. And uh, I, I guess they had broken down or whatever, though, and yeah. uh, the towboat, whatever you call it, showed up like a few minutes afterwards, and we we're like, "All right, cool, good luck, whatever." 
So then we go um, a little tidbit for you. Will got lost like twice. Had no idea where we were going. I hope he's listening to this and all this. He won't. That I'm going. He won't. He's got better things to do, like the, the magic cards or whatever the hell you call them. So we got back. Uh, it was a great trip. Um, we all caught some really nice smallies. I would highly recommend that you guys check out Lake St. Clair. Um, we got some messages about where we fished exactly and everything. Uh, that's not something that we're going to disclose. I mean, we've already told you the lake. We've told you what we're throwing. Um, we got into the bigger smallmouth in 9 to 11 feet of water and started off day one in 7.5 feet of water. Uh, that's pretty much, you know, really all the all the information you really need. Um, mm -hmm. At that point, you know, you're basically asking somebody to hook the damn fish for you at that point. So um, with that said, Josh, did you have fun? Yeah, that trip was a blast. I, I Did you laugh at all? Did what? Did you laugh at all? I did laugh. <laughs> No, it was it was a great trip. I I think we should try and make it like a yearly thing, if if John would have us out again. I don't know. That was his first uh, experience with us over a weekend. That's, That's true. Right. It was the first so, time meeting Josh and and Will. Yep. Yeah. So, Will really, scare I mean, all the people. First time you met me. <laughs> yeah. So the cool part about it though is John actually doesn't own Lake Saint Clair. <laughs> so we can actually go up there without his permission, but we would like for him. To well, yeah, trip out here. he's he's only an hour away. It'd be rude not to be like, "Hey, yeah. we're going up here. You should come up." That would be kind of crappy to post a bunch of pictures of footballs. Oh, you guys went smallly right. fishing without yeah. me. Huh? I'll, I'll show you a bunch of spots, and you guys can come back and fish it. Yeah, <laughs> send us those uh those coordinates, buddy. No, so. Uh, to kind of end this, um, I'm down in Florida, as I said, I love to fish from the beach for sharks. I don't know why. Maybe I don't actually now, but we'll get into that. So, uh, the gentleman that we've been talking smack about the entire podcast, basically mainly Rick, um, is... Uh, one of my best friends, his name's Will, he's Rick's older sister, and um, younger brother. <laughs> he he loans me, um, <laughs> he loans me his fishing stuff, you know, certain things I don't have that are <clears throat> on the expensive side. And uh, I, I told him I wanted to fish for sharks on the beach, so he gives me this huge, like 10 or 12 foot surf rod, it's got glass lined eyelets and um it's really nice uh it has its own case that i'm supposed that i was ordered to carry it in you don't leave it outside <laughs> during the day like it's a nice pole um that might be common for people that fish a lot but for me my fishing shit just stays in the garage and then i go fishing and then i come back and i don't care um, this, you know, you gotta, you rinse the reels out because you're saltwater fishing and, you know, you put water in them and everything to make sure there's no salt in there corroding everything. So, 
um, I went shark fishing and I had been on the beach for about 40 minutes. I had finger mullet cast it out on the point, uh, just, just on the leeward side of a point, um, of an intercoastal waterway down here in Florida. Uh, there are like two or three rivers that join up and sort of like meet the ocean or whatever. And my daughter and I went there shark tooth hunting. We found some shark teeth. We, uh, met a couple people, watched them catch stingrays and sharks and, you know, uh, um, whiting and all these different fish. And I thought, well, hell, I should come here. And then, you know, I'm looking on the map and I'm like, man, there's a lot of different waterways that meet up, you know, maybe this will be good. You know, diversity of habitat, as we say for deer, right? So I'm out there last night. I get both of my poles casted out. I had my like six and a half or seven foot, you know, medium heavy, I think it is, bass rod that I take everywhere. And it's like the heaviest pole of all time as far as action goes <laughs> for me. Um, you know, you'd rip a bluegill or a bass's face off if you jerk too hard. And uh, I had just sent a message to our group thread on the team making a bunch of stupid noises, showing off the the waves and the sunset and the seagulls and the poles in the water. And I thought, I should get my flashlight out of the wagon that I pulled all my stuff up in. It's our little family wagon we pull our gear in. I go up there, I get my light on my head, and I take a couple of steps. And as I'm looking at the poles to, like, sight check them, I hear snap and i watch <laughs> the white pvc come unhinged from the metal instantaneously like it just there's not like a small bend and then a crack it's just like contents under pressure is the only way i can describe it Dang. and i saw the line of the fishing pole slap the water smack slam whatever you want to call it. I never did see the pole. I just saw the big fat white tube slam into the water and then take off like the barrels did on Jaws. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Funny to some people. So you're, you're fishing at night? What kind of bait were you using? I had two roughly five inch. So I had a, a leader that had two hooks on it one high and one low and the bottom had like a i'll say like a five ounce five or six ounce uh i want to say they call it like a sputnik sinker or something like that do you know what i'm or wait i shouldn't say sinker that's like a hill the tower. one with the prongs that come out okay yeah yes yeah so <laughs> the prongs are like stupid looking and you fold them up into the grooves that grooves they've got the little red beads and essentially what happens is you cast it out let it sink and then when you reel it in, it keeps your rod tip bent. Mm -hmm. So that way there's tension on the line and the surf isn't taking your slack everywhere. Um, it keeps it in one spot because those little prongs dig into the sand, right? So it had been out there for a while and I had actually just recasted it. And 
Um, cause sometimes like crabs and smaller fish, they'll like steal your bait or bite it in half or bite two thirds of it off and mm-hmm. you know, check for stuff. Right. Kind of like catfishing. So, <laughs> but not, <laughs> so I see that white tube hit the water. I see the, like, um, the mark in the water that the pole leaves, but I never, it happened so fast that I didn't see the pole. I just saw the ripples that it made in the water. I watched <laughs> the, um, the fat white PVC tube take off about eight or 10 feet. And then it stopped. And, and like kind of, as I'm watching it, I'm hauling ass into the water, trying to get this pole. And I feel around, felt the tube, didn't feel the hole. And then I realized I'm in like belly button deep water and a pickup truck just drug this 12 foot pole, (laughs) snapped the rod holder and everything and made it look like it was hooked to a jet ski. And I was like, no, I'm getting the hell out of this water. Like my light's not on anything. (laughs) Kind of like dusk. You can't really see well um, with a flashlight. So I got out. I immediately felt weird feelings and was like, get the hell out of this water now. (laughs) So I texted the group and let them know that uh, I'd be buying Will a new rod and reel setup for surfing. (laughs) So So, solid thrift stuff they want to get rid of. I'm honestly so happy this happened to you you're, and not me you're terrible <laughs> because i was going to take that rod with me to cabo and i'm so <laughs> happy i didn't now yeah i'm happy not not, not because it got lost not because it got lost but because if 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 i if i had done anything to that rod and reel like i would never hear the end of it and like in front of family members, in front of like a- anybody that I ever knew, like at, le- at, le- at least your oh, at yeah. least your interaction with him is like when he decides to text the group or like get a hold of somebody every month and a half. Um, <laughs> you you won't you won't have it, have him bring it up uh, as much. So I think he's going to bring this one up a good bit, especially uh, in uh, personal settings. If he ever let if he, here's the deal. If he ever gives you too much stuff about losing a rod and reel, ask him how many he's knocked over the side of a boat. Oh, I'm sure it's been plenty. Yeah. But it's it's super depressing to know that I I mean, I don't even want to know what he paid for the setup. Like it's I'll tell you um, after the podcast. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's I'm I'm looking at a pretty penny. And he actually told me I didn't have to worry about it. He said it's a good excuse to buy buy new stuff it was getting old or whatever but i'm like no dude like we're gonna go out um you're not gonna do that because a only a douchebag would do that mm-hmm. you're not gonna lose a guy's setup and not replace it but b and probably i would say more importantly you will not hold that over my head <laughs> and say, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it, but I'm going to give you shit for the rest of your life. <laughs> your natural-born life, we're going to make fun of you for this and and then probably talk about how you refuse to replace it and everything else. So, oh, no man. way in hell I'm letting that happen. Well, good deal. 
Well, let, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. We, uh, John, we finish each one of these with kind of a, a finishing thought or concluder. So if you have a piece of advice or a concluder, like for the, for the audience, what would it be? A piece of advice? Yeah. As far as or in life in general. Uh, outdoors related. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really put me on the spot here, man. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm glad it's not you on the spot this time. Um, as far as fishing, just uh, God, I don't really know, man. <laughs> Keep your lines wet. Josh, <laughs> Keep your line wet. I like it. Dude, give, I him, don't know. Give, him a, give him an example to go by, Josh. Okay, I'll do my concluder. So, as we had mentioned earlier, right, this was for Chris, this was your first time up that lake. This was my first time up that lake. You know, something new, something different. We got, you know, we threw the trip together relatively quick. Uh, but yeah. just a quick trip with just a couple, well, a few of us guys just hanging out for the weekend. And that that's something I feel like we can turn into a trip like every year. So my, my concluder would be, you know, if you get those opportunities with, with some good buddies going out on trips, you get the opportunity just just go even if it's for a couple of days like the memories are worth it and it could turn into you know an adventure that you you try and make happen every year so yep. yeah absolutely. i agree that's and, that's and good i'm going to hit on that a little bit because i know there's a lot of people out there that um and this isn't really my concluder i'm just kind of touching up on what josh said a little bit a lot of people you know josh had to work monday uh Will had to work Monday and John had to work Monday. And technically I did too. I just have a different opportunity, I guess. But um, with that said, everybody's like always worried about like their regimen and sleep and all that. Dude, go be an idiot for a weekend and go stay up late and drink with your friends and go out on the water and catch some fish or, you know, shoot some birds or deer or what. Like go on these trips. You You're not going to be in your 20s 30s 40s forever and you're going to get old one day and wish you'd done that shit and you're just going to see people like us posting about it on facebook we're literally nothing special we're just out there going and doing it it's not hard to drive for four or five hours to fish or hunt somewhere go do it it don't stop worrying about all the time and the money in it, get a babysitter, get your wife to cover for you, whatever you need to do and make, make that shit happen because that's the stuff you're going to remember, you know, aside from family, you know, don't count the family stuff and your wedding day and all that, but that's the stuff you're going to remember for the rest of your life. And I I know I will, as Josh kind of put it, you know, that, that shit's special to me. All right, John, hit us up with your concluder boy. (laughs) No, that was, that's absolutely right. I mean, I'm in the same boat as, as far as like going on trips. And like you said, we're, we're not getting any younger and, nope. you know, I'm going on a Utah mountain mealy hunt this year. And I got a lot of old timers that have talked me into it and they said, do it right now. Like, don't, don't wait until later on in life when, you know, say you got your money situations a little bit better, but it's like, don't as long as you can afford it go do it you know yep and that's I mean, the i've never been to utah you know i've 
I'm going out there by myself. I have no idea what I'm going to get myself into, but it's going to be an adventure for sure. Nice. Hell yeah. And the, the whole, like the whole bucket list thing. Like, yeah. Well, I'm just going to go. Once. Oh yeah. No, I'm going back. If I like it, I'm going back. We're not bucket listing yeah. Alaska. If it's awesome and I feel like it's worth it, we're going to set a goal and go back. It, yeah, I mean, there's certain things you just can't do all the time, right? But you can do it more than once, I guess is what I'd say. Absolutely. Good deal. So, uh, Chris? Uh, I want you to go next. Uh, okay. <laughs> Um, so I can say yours if I want, if you want, I know yours. I got another one after that one. It's the same one I say every week. (laughs) All right. It's important. If you have the ability to get somebody out in the outdoors new, uh, please go ahead and do it. Uh, this past weekend, by the time this airs, it'll already be over, but certainly if you're in another state, listen to this, it's free hunting. It's free fishing weekend in a lot of States, uh, right now, uh, around this time of year. So check your regs and make sure that that's available thing. It's really simple. Um, to go out, get a rod and reel and, and go hit the water. You don't got to catch, you know, Sierras or smallmouth. You can catch bluegill from the bank with your friends and family, and it can be just as much fun. Second thing is uh, we talked a lot about water today. Big thing I like to kind of just cover every year, the same thing that we cover every year in hunt, kind of similarly in hunting season. Make sure you got life jackets on your boat. Um Big thing, just make sure that you're safe out there on the water. Uh, you know, every every year uh, in Kentucky, at least, we have a lot of people who end up drowning. And number one cause is someone got drunk on a houseboat and fell off, and they didn't have a they didn't have a life jacket on or something like that. So just be safe and be smart there out there on the water, especially with the Fourth of July holiday coming up. Um, you know, be be smart about things. Right. Final, yeah. Amen to that, dude. My uncle drowned in East Fork when I was a sophomore duck mm-hmm. hunting and a life jacket might have made the difference, you know? Yeah. So good, good stuff there. Um, <laughs> for me, uh, I'm going to kind of partially hit on what we talked about recently here. Um, there's a lot of guys that are just like us that want to make trips work. Um, fine trips. I'm not saying don't go out with your buddies because I just told you to do so. But the way you can kind of maximize your time outdoors a little bit and get some other experiences is to involve your family. This entire trip is something that I'll look forward to every single single year. We come down here to Amelia Island, Florida. Um, it's I think it's technically like Fernandina Beach or whatever. Yeah. Um, It's super quiet. Um, Everything is like seven minutes away. There's multiple beaches, uh, beach access areas. Um, They've got an amazing place where I almost was physically accosted by a shark uh, (laughs) in Fort Clinch. Um, You can go there and shark tooth hunt. You can fish, uh, hike, do all these things. We see coons, armadillos, deer. Uh, tortoises, or would it be tordi? I'm just kidding. Um, I'm kidding. Tortoises. Um, uh, it's it's a gorgeous place, and and I'm not telling you to come here. I'm just simply saying, pick a vacation where you can involve your family, go have some fun. Uh, you know, 
get them included in things and then maybe you can go off for an evening or a day or something and fish or hunt or do whatever it is that you like to do and get either a new experience or at least get you some time out in the outdoors uh, doing what you love to do. Um, so that's just another way we found uh, to kind of maximize our time doing stuff that we love. So that's my concluder. Good deal. Well, John, thanks for joining us tonight. Appreciate it. Nice to finally meet you, man. And we're yeah, glad nice to, to have you on our team, dude. Yeah, I've, I'm ecstatic. I can't wait to see what happens this year. It's going right. to be slick, which you didn't thanks. say, by the way. You're 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 in 100% on the actual trip to NE, right? I am. Okay. Nice. You don't know about it's the scouting booked. yet, so. Yeah. All right. I don't know about scouting, but September was it September 1st? Yep. Mhm. We're headed yes, headed to Nebraska to go scare the shit out of the local wildlife there. <laughs> 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 absolutely well all right, right guys yeah. uh this has been fueled by the outdoors we've been your hosts chris slepper and uh rick hates and we've been joined tonight by josh luck and john robertson guys thanks for joining us talk to you later bye thanks guys see ya see ya